welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. You know, every time this starts, Jeremy, I'm always curious about how this thing is going to get kicked off, and it just it makes me laugh every time. Music kick lately, <laughs> a little Aussie today. Um, anyways, here we are with episode number four, Tripping Over the Barrel, the trade show edition. We thought about naming this Our Trade Show's Dead, but we're not sure. We're in a strange spot right now. So we're not sure if we want to make a full and complete declaration. So this is just going to be the trade show episode and we've got some fun things to talk about. I don't know if anybody has more fun at trade shows than sales guys, Tim. What do you think? I well, I think the trade show was made for the sales guys, the you know, the after parties, even on the show floor. I remember being at uh, some of these bigger trade shows and looking at the army of salespeople on day two or three, just completely pale in the morning, <laughs> barely, barely able to function. And, you know, and you just know what must've happened the night before you just get all these guys together with all their clients and man, it's just one big expense pay expense report. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Probably for me, none bigger than NAEP. I mean, there's more expensive conferences and I think we'll touch back on that after we wrap about a couple stories here, but yeah, I mean, I love it, right? I'll, I'll never forget my first NAPE actually was in 2008. I was super bummed. I was so bummed, Tim. I didn't, it, it was two days after the, the Patriots lost their undefeated season on, say, oh. February 5th, 2008. And then I oh, had. Yeah. I'm sure you needed some Prozac. <laughs> I need more than that. <laughs> uh, and I was. You know, then we they wanted us to come down a day early. They're like, come down Tuesday morning so you can meet the team on Wednesday and then we can go do the networking. So it was my first time in Houston. It was gonna be my first my first show and it was just oh, I was I was so bummed. I was like, This is I don't wanna talk to anybody. I don't wanna do this. And by the time I left on Friday, not only was I just super hungover, but I had a blast and realized I wanted to be in oil and gas forever. Um, and I have been since. So there's, there's lots of stuff that's happened between that first trade show and the hundred that I've gone to in between, but I think think, we'll, uh, yeah, go ahead. And I think the NAEP is, uh, is a, you know, one of the, the better, the better shows for socializing as a vendor, having something there because, you know, most people there to find deals. So it's kind of interesting set of conversations makes it a little bit different. Plus the size of it, the after parties are legendary. The, Social hours are fantastic. It's it's really a great show. Yeah, plus, you know, February in Houston. I'm not, you know, I don't live in Houston. I'm not the biggest Houston guy, but February in Houston, not bad. Yeah, you can actually stand outside. <laughs> Unless it's raining on you. Anyways, so Tim, <laughs> why don't we jump into your uh your your uh quick story about you know the the thing about trade shows is all the people that you're going to see there. So sometimes you're, if you're at a big show like an SPE or SEG or something like that, you know, everybody is there and you're going to get to see some of your clients coming by. And, you know, back in the old days, you just really 
stood there and you could do your thing and everybody's going to kind of come by and stop by your booth and you get to meet them. And then, you know, you organize a dinner afterwards and go out, have a great time. And I mean, they were just a lot of fun back then, back in the days. I think it's changed a little bit. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's still something. I remember one time with you, I think this was the SPE, ATCE, and more acronyms, TIM, I mean, we, we got them all. But this was like, this was when I was working with you at Energy Navigator, and it was maybe an October conference. And we can get snowstorms up here in Denver in October. Oh, and I remember we all went out. Whoa, speaking of storms, did I call yeah, that or what? That, that is it. I'm sitting here in the middle of a thunderstorm and it just rattled off right there. I think they can hear that too, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, but do you, do you remember that? I think it was oh, yeah. 2011, 2010, maybe 2011. And we were at Elway's. And yeah, this is, you know, one of those, one of those after, after parties. And, you know, we'd had a great dinner, a couple of drinks and we were, I guess we were all lined up for cabs or something. And it was time to go because the I snow was, was coming down. It was ridiculously. Oh, ridiculously it, wasn't, it was snow. big, giant, fluffy flakes. Now I'm from Houston as we've already established. So to me, snow is a novelty. And I thought this was, oh, this is fantastic. And you know, and I was getting annoyed that the, the cab line was so long, <laughs> everyone's standing around and I, you know, yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I'm going to walk this. Wait, I've never, on, I, do our, does our audience know what cabs are? I mean, I, yeah, we have an old <laughs> enough audience. Like most of our connections are old enough to understand what cabs are. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so I'm sitting there. I still hear that. That storm is nuts, Tim. Oh yeah, it's getting there. Anyway, so we're, we're, uh, I'm kind of annoyed that we're standing in line for the cabs and I hadn't seen snow. I just want to walk through it. So, Hey, I'm going to, just head back to my hotel. I'm just going to take off and walking. And I think it was you and maybe Marsha were, were yep. telling me, no, nah, I don't think you want to don't do, do this. It. Yeah. So anyway, so I've got about a, I've got about a 10 block walk and, and these again, are, these are not, these are some serious flakes that are coming down. No, it, and, it actually, I remember. So what happened that night was we were all going to stay out and have drink. Cause you know, it doesn't usually end with dinner, right? You have to go out afterwards. Somebody has to act like an idiot doing karaoke, have some drinks at some gastro pub or late night place, right? Somewhere where you normally wouldn't be at at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's conferences, so so anything goes. I mean, this was – we left early because we had to get back. It was getting somewhat dangerous out. I had to pick up my car that night where they, like, left the keys in – that's crazy. Listen to that. I'm going to have to mute this a little bit. Maybe. They had to, it was one of those things where I'd, I'd had some work done to the car, so the keys were left in the mailbox, and I could barely reach the mailbox because of all the snow, um, just to get in my car, hoping it worked. You know, Fortunately, it did, but you decided you were going to trudge 10 yeah, blocks was, in downtown Denver. Yeah, yeah, and again, it's a novelty to me. So I get there, and I'm about a block and a half from my hotel and i knew i had snow all over me but i just still it was kind of fun to me and uh, i stopped in the 7-eleven to pick up a little soda to head back to my hotel room and got in there and i saw my reflection in the in the window and there was you know good four or five inches of snow on top of my head i had a white afro just a big giant white afro and the, me and the the clerk at the 7-eleven shared a really good laugh at it and swiped it off and threw it all down and left but anyway <laughs> Yeah, so it's just just one of those things. I, I still to this day I really enjoyed that walk. <laughs> you know, it was I didn't think it was a big deal. 
<laughs> you didn't have the time. I promise when you got back to your hotel, your feet were drenched. But you know what? It, it was a novelty, like you said. Um, so I told you about the first time I went to Pittsburgh, right? I think, yeah, you've told me. This is a great story. So this was 2009. So really when the shale boom was, was beginning and a lot was happening in There's the a Pittsburgh Patriots area. theme here somewhere, right? There, oh, well, obviously. So I had to fly out there to Doug East. Remember the Doug conferences? Another, another acronym, Doug. Right? So flew out to, flew out to Doug on a Sunday. And it was cool. I, I didn't have any expectations for Pittsburgh, first and foremost, right? Like, I'd never been there before. I'd never really had any friends or heard anything about it. That's yeah, not for true. the record, I, I for the to. record, Pittsburgh is very undersold. What a great place. Oh, it's like one of the most underrated cities in the whole country. The, the issue there is that they only get like 100 days of sun, like full sun. It does rain a lot. Um, but I mean, as far as where it's located, the natural beauty there, I love it. I love it. I've always had fun. With it. So, so back to 2009, right? So, so I took a, you know, a layover type flight. I'm like a young inside sales guy ready to grind it out. And I got there and got in a cab, <laughs> another theme, I guess, from the airport and, and went in through the, the city. And I think it's the Fort Pitt Tunnel whatever it is that takes you into the city. And as I came out of it, it was really like to that point, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It was fall. It was sunny out. The Steelers had a home game and all the different colors, right? You had the foliage behind you. You had all the different, you know, yellows and and black in the stadium. It was really, really cool. I'm like, okay, that's kind of neat. I didn't expect that. So got to my hotel watching football. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to uh, go upstairs to the Doug networking event, the icebreaker or whatever, and, and uh, watch the Patriots game up there. Just after this, it started to snow just up the road in New England, and the Patriots had an epic football game where they beat the Tennessee Titans 59 to nothing. Brady threw five touchdowns in a quarter. That might be one off, but it was a lot. I mean, it was like a fantasy freaking onslaught, Tim. They... They wax these guys 59 to nothing. So trivia question, who did Tom Brady replace as the Patriots quarterback? Drew Bledsoe. So as a matter of fact, I'm at this, I'm at the Doug networking event and I'm talking to the bartender, right? And Pittsburgh on Steelers game days, every, everybody just wears whatever Steelers jersey they want. So some dude's wearing like a Jack Lambert jersey or something like that. Uh, who's bartending. And I'm like, oh, hey, you watching this game over here? Patriots are kicking some ass. He's like, yeah, you a Patriots fan? So yeah. He goes, nice. That's Drew Bledsoe right there. So Drew Bledsoe is like 6'6". Six, six. So I look over. I'm like, holy shit, it is. So I'm like getting nervous. My palms are getting sweaty. You know, I'm a big Patriots fan, big New England guy. Bledsoe was the first pick in the draft when I was like 13. Yeah, and, and I walked up to him. I said, Mr. Bledsoe, uh, I just wanted to say I've always been a really big fan. And he goes, just stop right there. Call me Drew. You're making me feel old. And this guy was super cool. Um, really, really nice guy. As far as any, anyone even like somewhat famous, 
uh, he's he's one of the nicest guys that that I've ever come across. Talked so about the what's he, what's he do, yeah, what's he doing at a uh, oil and gas conference? I mean, this is he'd been out of football at that point for not long, maybe a uh, three years. Like he was definitely retired then, but it hadn't been for too long. So maybe he was like forty, uh, and he was he'd had a bunch of different investments. He was looking to diversify, and I guess he'd had some conference, uh, some contacts in the oil and gas world that were looking to buy like parts like literally physical parts uh, and hardware and, and pieces to uh, expedite fracking. I, I know he's done really well in wine. I don't know if he invested in anything, but he was just after that, it was like, all right, well, that's true. He's just like a dude that goes to this conference like me. Yeah. And there you are. Just a, you're a big wig. Now you just roll with everybody at these conferences, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny. I was at a, a conference put on by heart CMP uh, magazine. They put on like four or five shows a year. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there and the guy giving the keynote address is Newt Gingrich, right? And it's a real nice. small show. There's like four or five vendors that are allowed to be at this conference. There, everyone else is in there. And I'm thinking, man, I got to be ready when Newt comes by. I'm going to get a get a selfie with him in front of the booth and we're going to really market it. And I had my speech planned when he comes over and, uh, you know, okay. So we're sitting there and his speech is over and he comes out. And he just walks by to see all the vendors. And, you know, of course, as it, I'm not as smooth as you, apparently, because as soon as he walks up, I could say nothing. All I could do is hold out my phone and take a selfie. I couldn't get anything out. You, you couldn't just get out like a Newt, Newt. Well, I think I might have said his name, Newt, but, it, you know. <laughs> Newt, Newt. Yeah, I mean, that's good. I remember seeing Aubrey McClendon. I mean, for, for our listeners, I would, I would expect that most of the our listeners will know who that is. but. This was, I don't know. I mean, when he was like sort of at the the top of his game, must have been ten years ago or so. And you know, to see somebody that works closely with a lot of people that you do business with, uh, but going through a conference with massive security and police presence is is kind of striking. You know, I mean, these guys have their own aura, sort of, that they walk through the conferences with, and it's, it's something to see. Yeah, it is interesting. So you know you there are certain shows where people go to be seen and Doug was always great for all of the CEOs and senior guys. These companies would go through and it's a great place to be, but you know, so I'm wondering though, now you've been to a ton of shows. I've been to a ton of shows and uh, you know, they're hit or miss uh, to say the least. And you know, if you're a sales guy, you're looking to make sales contacts. What do you think of the whole format now? Do you think that the trade show is the, you know, market the the right marketing tool for for sales guys i mean can you uh, when's the next conference even going to happen can you imagine going to a nape type conference anytime soon it it seems like a a a stretch yeah well that's a good point i don't know if they're if this covid19 will totally wipe it out but you know i was you know my i guess my impression lately anyway is that the big conferences that are put on by the big organizations like spe SEG, AAP, got giant booths with, uh, there's another thunder. Anyway, you got giant booths. It's been, it's been pretty day. badass, I have to say. It's been pretty badass. I've been trying to mute them when they come, but it couldn't. I was actually talking that time. But anyway, you've got, you got these giant booths and you've got Quaid Oil Company, Saudi Aramco, all these guys with their recruiting booths up. And, you know, if you're with a small company like I typically am, you just kind of get lost and kind of hope someone, you know, wanders into your booth. And if you haven't spent a ton of money uh, to promote it ahead of time, I just, anyway, 
the quality of being able to go get leads as a sales guy at a trade show, I've, I've felt has been diminishing over the years. And I've been shifting to a completely different format for these trade shows. Which, which is what? What, are, what is the format? Well, I kind of like the... the like uh, the GDS. The, the organized shows, exactly, GDS, yeah. where, the, where you're, you're meeting with people specifically on certain topics that you both kind of prearrange. It's kind of like speed dating, really. It is. I mean, sort of. I, I think speed dating, uh, you and I are both happily married. Let's put that out there first and foremost. But speed dating, I believe, is, is quicker. It's like five to 10 minutes. Whereas the formats that, that you and I have been to in, in previous years uh, are sort of those one-on-one sessions for something like 45 minutes to present your wares to some executive who has budget, right? Exactly. And I think we've we both close business out of those deals, which is a little bit different than the trade shows. Trade shows are really quantity and maybe one or two good leads pop out of these other meetings, maybe a little more quality. I mean, that's, you know, that's what you're paying for. I think for those, and they're not sponsoring this podcast. They can, if they, if they want to, no, we'll, no, we'll no reach problem. out, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I think that those types of shows, like what, what is the total audience of, of some of those shows we've been to and, in Barton Creek or Newport, like 60 people, Six, uh, 60 attendees, maybe, maybe. And that's a big one. Maybe a hundred, um, like a, like 50 to a hundred. Yeah, exactly. That's a sweet and, spot that you can still work with to get, to get business done and socialize and have fun. Yeah. But, you know, but then you go to, uh, you know, the, the big SBE, the fall SBE, the one where I got the snow Afro and there was 12, 13,000 people at that conference. And yeah, we, we got some good leads, but you know, you've got to follow up with those. And there's a lot of people that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to talk to. Again, that's where everybody is and all the, the uh, kind of the fun stuff. So anyway, the, the big question now is, can you have those conferences? Anymore? Will anybody go? And I think the other thing is, has the internet ruined? I mean, I remember in the nineties, ah. it was, you go to the trade show to go find what's new, what is happening. And has that changed now where, where uh, from a technology standpoint or any standpoint, is that where you go to find out what's happening? Yeah. I mean, it's the general theme of business today. More can be done with technology and remotely. So no surprise that filters into our industry as well. Yeah. So what, no matter what happens, I still will miss, you know, going to those big shows and having those great after parties and getting to meet a lot of great people and even just standing at the booth, it's one of the most tiring things you can do as a sales guy. Is stand at a booth all day, but at the end, you know, you know, you've done, you know, you've done a lot of, of made a lot of great contacts and got a lot of follow up to go with, and a lot of fake smiles. Anyways, <laughs> with that, we're gonna wrap it up. I think that there's still more, Tim. I feel like we had more to talk about on the the trade show subject, so maybe we'll continue that next time we we jump on here. Sounds good. Thanks everybody for listening and take it easy. All right. See you guys. And again, if you got other ideas, we'd love to hear about them.